excellent to each other. Podcast on, dudes. Welcome to Franchise Flicks. My name is Ted, and joining me are my co-hosts, Andy and Zach. On this podcast, we task ourselves with watching movie franchises, breaking them down, and reviewing them, including franchises we've seen and love, as well as franchises we've never seen and frankly avoided. Today we're talking about the Bill and Ted trilogy, the series in which two man-children who only know how to play air guitar are the only thing holding together the fabric of space and time. This series includes 1989's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, 1991's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and 2020's Bill and Ted Face the Music. So on this podcast, as always, we like to start off with our personal experience with whatever franchise we're talking about. So I'm going to ask Andy to take it away with his experience with Bill and Ted. These movies bring me back to a time and place that... I thought I had forgotten about. Um, I did forget about a lot of things, uh, but I also remembered a lot of things, and it was the remembering part uh, that I, I really didn't enjoy. Um, the first one, like, remember it completely differently in a lot of ways, but there are, like, some good things to it. The second one, there were a lot of things I forgot about, and I'm glad I did because it brought back childhood, like, trauma memories of, like, nightmares with like specific <laughs> scenes from it. Uh, and then the third one, I was genuinely shocked by how much I liked it, how often I chuckled at things and how it redeemed what had happened in the last movie and kind of like the cultural tone of what it says throughout it. There are a lot of things that would be very offensive if done today, lines that if would be said, I, like it was kind of shocking to hear so i i couldn't believe that this somehow out at the very end 20 30 years 30 years later right uh 25 years 25 years later that this thing would like actually be kind of good i liked it i don't know if it's good but i liked it so yeah that's my uh <laughs> my experience childhood trauma and then general present su surprise <laughs> how about you zach what's your experience uh, my well, I really only saw the um, the first one, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, I didn't I didn't watch the second one. I, I don't remember watching it at all as a kid or or, or ever since. Um, and and the third one, obviously, that just came out last year, so that that was and it was not on my radar as something to watch immediately. So it was fun to you know actually revisit this trilogy or really the the trilogy for the first time was a um, you know a fun ride for me. But uh, you know I I love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, super fun movie. Um, you know I I do remember a lot of it as you know uh, watching it as a kid and then as you know a, a teenage stoner that was a big uh, a, a big movie in my repertoire at that point too so um you know it was funny to revisit that and 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 kind of see as an adult and uh, you know 
maybe as a, as a woke adult, uh, how shop, how shocking some of the content within that movie was, uh, was a little risque, uh, even for that time. But, um, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot of experience going into it. Um, and uh, I probably won't revisit it ever again after this, but it was a fun ride. What about you, Ted? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember much about the second one, but I, Definitely saw the first one. I might have seen the second one, but just I, I knew about death, but I, not much of it uh, that I can recall. Uh, the first one I've always enjoyed, but even watching it this time around, I caught more jokes and more adult humor than I ever did before because it's been a long time since I watched that movie. And uh, the second one, like I said, I, I don't even remember if I had ever seen it, but I recently watched the new one and I had a great time with it and it made me want to go back and revisit these. And uh, yeah, it's it's not the best series ever, but it's a fun one and it does what it set up, sets out to do and just have a fun time. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. Be excellent to each other. Hell yeah. Well, uh, with our experience out of the way, let's get into the plots, the synopses of these movies. Who wants to go with the first one here? I'll, I'll take it away, Ted. All right. Ted Theodore Elioff. That's uh, a reason I wanted to watch these, too. You know, it, that's that's something that gravitated <laughs> me toward this, because there are a lot of loser-ass Ted's in uh, cinema and media, I, I do have to say, and... Uh, Ted Theodore Logan's one of the better ones. Okay, I was gonna say, where does where does Ted Theodore Logan fall? I'm I'm glad he's on the right side of history. Oh, yeah. then. <laughs> so in uh, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, William Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan are the faces of the band Wild Stallions. Unfortunately, they're the only members and um, are both way better at air guitar than they are with real guitars. Uh, they're not much better at school either, as their teacher tells them that they need to ace their oral history report if they don't want to flunk most heinously. To make matters worse, Ted's dad said he'll send them to a military him to a military academy if he fails. Enter Rufus, a time traveler from the future who is tasked to help Bill and Ted ace their report so the future results in glorious future influenced by the music of Wild Stallions. He then lends them his time machine that's shaped like a phone booth, um, it's, which, if you don't know, is a box that you, people used to walk in, pay money to use a corded phone in, uh, much like Doctor Who. Uh, very, very, very good reference there. As they travel through time, gathering historical figures that are the subject of their report, like Napoleon, Socrates... Genghis Khan, Billy the Kid, Abe Lincoln, Sigmund Freud, and Joan of Arc. After some time travel uh, hijinks, a ton of air guitar solos, falling in love with some historical babes, and breaking their historical figures out of jail, Bill and Ted barely make it to their school in time for the presentation. The historical dudes help the duo ace their presentation to uproarious applause, and they depart in their time machine. Then afterwards, Bill and Ted are disappointed as they think nothing has changed for them. Then Rufus appears again, bringing the princesses they met with him 
uh, and tells him that their music will bring about world peace, align the universe, and is excellent for dancing. The princesses join Wild Stallions. Rufus gives the guys brand new guitars. Breakout jam session. Oh yeah, what a good what what a great way to end the movie. I I also we'll get into it, but I love how bad the jam session is. It's so perfect. Oh yeah, to the point where Rufus has to say they get better. Right, <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, I so do have perfect. to uh, correct your pronunciation of something. Uh, it's Socrates. Thank you, Socrates. I'm sorry. Yes, Socrates. Socrates. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna take away uh, bogus journey here. So it's 2061, and an evil dickhead, dickhead named Denomalous wants to change the past so the future is never influenced by the excellent riffs of the wild stallions. He and his henchmen begin their time travel terror plot by attacking a class Rufus is teaching at Bill and Ted University, which I'd love to go to, uh, where he unleashes his evil Bill and Ted robots who are tasked with killing our heroes and replacing them in the present. Meanwhile, in present day, Bill and Ted still suck at guitar and desperately want to win the battle of the bands. Soon after proposing to the princesses, marriage that is, they get a call from what sounds like the princesses, but is really the evil Bill and Ted, saying that they're leaving them. Then they're met by the evil robots who say they're going to help them. Instead of helping them, they obviously kill Bill and Ted. Death arrives to bring them to hell, but their ghosts escape after giving Death the most excellent wedgie. After failing to get help from the cops, they find Ted's stepmom, Missy, which is a fun thread throughout these movies. We'll get into that. I love the whole Missy thing. Who's holding a seance to try to get her help. But this goes horribly wrong when Missy banishes them to hell. Once they're in hell, they find out that the only way to escape is to beat death in a contest. Death ends up being a sore loser, and after losing multiple games, he finally gives in. He agrees to take them to heaven to get them somebody who can build something to combat the evil androids. Help comes in the form of a pair of sentient Martian ass cheeks named Station. The Martians then fuse together for some reason to become a much bigger ass-cheek monster who builds them good Bill and Ted robots to combat the evil ones. Before evil Bill and Ted can sabotage the battle of the band's performance and change the future, Bill and Ted confront them, and their good robots kick their asses. Then Denomalous arrives to finish the job, but they defeat him after a back-and-forth battle of their future selves leaving items that will help them in the present and death finishes him off with a wedgie. After using time travel to become amazing at playing guitar, they return with beards and daughters and absolutely shred in front of the entire world with death and the good robots joining the band. I mean, the endings of these movies are just epic. Every single time. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and correct your pronunciation of something. Oh, it's not sure. wedgie. It's Melvin's. Melvin. Yeah, I, I know. I I put wedgie <laughs> in there just. I don't know. I don't know if everybody remembers them being called Melvin's <laughs> in this movie. I, is no. that was that like a '90s thing where they called no Melvin's? fucking clue? I'm like, what is I've this? Never, right now? Yeah. never heard that before. Yeah, the, somebody's got to tell me if that was an actual thing or if that's just a Bill and Ted thing. Yeah, I don't know. 
you know what? I was going to talk about this later, but I think it's a good time to bring this up. There is something about these movies that capture West Coast, specifically Southern California, that we will just never understand. We won't. Very we true. didn't grow up here. This is something we can't. It's a different world to us, and they're their own thing. And these movies are a reflection of that society over there. So that's fair. That's, um, a, that's a very good point. Us Yankees won't won't ever get it. We won't. <laughs> we won't. I try. Oh, I like LA, uh, but yeah. All right. Well, why don't we talk about face the music? Face the music. The the final act in the what are we calling this? Is it just like the Bill and Ted franchise? Does it have a name? Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. The Bill and Tediverse. Um, all right. So here we go. Face the music. It's 2020 and things have not gone as expected for Bill and Ted. Wild Stallions broke up. They never wrote the song to align the universe. And their current gig is playing the wedding of Ted's brother Deacon and Missy, who, if we just remember, used to be married to Bill's dad, followed by Ted's dad. <laughs> Weird love triangle the relationship going on there okay so while at couples counseling the princesses tell them that they're not sure if they can continue to watch them fail to fulfill their destiny while they're at their lowest they're met by rufus's daughter kelly who brings them to the great ones in the future there they are told that they need to write the universe aligning song that night or space and time will collapse in on themselves Bill and Ted decide that instead of writing the song, they should go to the future to get the song from their future selves, a tactic they've used in the previous movies. Uh, after the, they steal Rufus's old time machine, they travel to different points in time, hoping they'll find the version of Bill and Ted who's written the song. Meanwhile, their daughters, Thea and Billy, how do you say that? Thea? Thea? I think it's it? Thea. Thea? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like because her name's like Theodora. They got like these long ass names that they're just like, you know, mimicking the names of their dads, right. which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, little Bill, Little Ted. Uh, attempt to help them by using Kelly's time machine to cobble together history's greatest band with the likes of Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Mozart, Ling Loon, Grom, and Kid Cudi, the greatest musician of all time, Kid Cudi. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a historical figure at the end of this. A historical like figure at this point. Absolutely. Yes. So Bill and Ted have no luck in finding the song after dealing with different versions of themselves who play open mics, break into Dave Grohl's house, which was awesome, and are Love in that. prison. Uh, they're, they're then met by an assassin robot <laughs> sent by the Great Ones, uh, thinking it may be the only way to fix the problem. The robot reveals that he accidentally killed their daughters and the band they assembled. They get to the robot, uh, or they get the robot to kill all three of them in a very, <laughs> very messed up way, too. Uh, they're transported to hell. Once again, we're back in hell, uh, where they find the girls in the band are in the band and decide that they need to convince Death to help them get back to Earth. They and part of that is to convince Death to come back to the band yep. they have had bad blood over the band's breakup but eventually make up and escape to earth with little time left they realize that they were never met are never meant to write the song and their daughters were while thea and billy organize the band bill and ted and the princesses distribute instruments to the infinite people and infinite realities because we forgot that our voice is also an instrument 
The universe aligns, time and space are saved, and everyone in the multiverse takes part in the greatest jam session of all time, even though no one in the audience played a single instrument if you watched the scene. So there we go. There's one guy playing a guitar, I remember. One guy with a mohawk. Okay, so the one guy, probably the only guy who actually knew how to play guitar and happened to get the instrument in his hand. Well, yeah, he's got a mohawk. Of course he does. See the same guy that was in 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 the jail in the first one? Probably. the mohawk oh maybe maybe <laughs> I, bet, I, bet, I bet that was him that'd be a deep cut i wouldn't be I would... surprised if it was because this movie was fantastic it. yeah well let's get into the discussion portion here boys let's start talking about the characters here and i would say acting but i mean let's be real it is great as keanu reeves and alex winter are this isn't their best performance ever but they do a great job as Bill and Ted, who are basically the same character, uh, who are in love with each other, too. Uh, so we've got Bill they're and just Ted. bros. They're just bros. They're from SoCal. And they I won't. would say. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, 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 I only want to say this because I think that Keanu and, and Alex were better in the first two than they were in a third one. I Ooh, okay. could not get I could not get behind old ass Keanu Reeves. I just it like he just looked awful <laughs> compared <laughs> to the other movies that he's in. And he talked like he couldn't get that accent back. He still was talking like, you know, you're breathtaking. Like that Keanu Reeves. You know? He the 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 modern Keanu Reeves is just so much so far removed from ted that i didn't buy him at all and that was a big reason why i didn't like that that third movie as much so i I agree with that take with the with ted but bill i think it's a great character alex winter is a little better alex i can i mean he looks like an aged alex winter uh or an aged bill would um you know throughout the timeline i think all of his like future selves are funny and like the things that he's doing because he's kind of like the real antagonist and then like ted's kind of like the guy that like almost backs him up in a lot of ways um you know big little situation but they're reverse in sizes so like i I like that part of it so i'd like say like yes but like you know give him credit in this third film for you know giving us the character again and crushing it i think yeah, I would agree. Alex Winter was definitely better than Keanu Reeves in the third one, but I still just their their characters were just uh, I don't know a little too far removed for me. Yeah, you know I, I I agree mostly with Andy here, but that's also like agreeing with you on Keanu in this case, and I think his voice got significantly deeper. He it is hard to re grasp that accent. I think for Alex Winter, he naturally like has had close to that voice his entire life and uh yeah it it looked like he was trying a little hard to kind of recapture that that being said though it it also kind of came off to me too as like a a guy who's technically a dad still trying to like grasp onto his youth too so i i could kind of get behind it from that sense as well uh just like you know they're man children and they'll never really grow up They'll never move beyond wanting to be in the band and fulfill their destiny and all of that. And, uh, you know, it seemed more to me, at least, that it was just him 
never letting that go ever. It despite like his body moving past that almost, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and to the movie's point, they're destined not to ever move past that, right? Which is actually a nice, not even twist, but I I guess a nice resolution to it uh, that they're technically the reason kind of like in star wars let's go to a star wars reference here you know a skywalker anakin skywalker is supposed to bring about balance does he do it on his own not necessarily he does it through his son yep through the progeny hell yeah and and his son passes that on to a new generation too so like think about like this is the conclusion of this uh trilogy with these characters the third movie Gave them a lot of characters, character development, and we'll talk about them as they come up likely. Um, but these two in particular, like it contributes to a, a message. You know, think about the old rocker dudes who are Bill and Ted's age right now. You know, they're watching this movie and they're seeing like, yeah, I remember back in the day when I was in the band and everything and reminiscing. And sometimes you got to give up the band and let your kids take over. You know, they they now get the garage to jam out in, not you anymore. You get to be the cool dad now. Move on to that phase in your life. So, like, embrace it now and, like, know that you'll always be the rocker. And that's, like, the I love that post-credit scene at the end of the third one uh, where it's them jamming out in the nursing home together, like, saying, yeah, uh, we still got it. Yeah. Like, they gave a message to the people who probably grew up or not grew up, but, you know, were um, the teens, uh, high school, college-age kids in the late 80s, early 90s who are now their age and like the gen xers or late millennials looking at uh what life is for them now can i jump in here and ask like what that cutoff age is because i'm like i feel a little attacked at this point (laughs) there no we're because we're we're like millennial on the right in the well towards the end of millennials actually because it ends about 95 96 so these would be people who if they're in high school when does the first movie come out 89 89 89. so assuming they're like 18 years old in high school it means they were born in 1971 okay so like i'm still a rocker yeah we're still rockers we're not in that you're zach you're still a rocker you're not in that phase yet (sighs) okay these are like these people you don't have a how old are the kids in this movie they're like they're in like late high school college time frame 20 something early 20 something i would say yeah they're you know so you're not at that stage you're you have a young child all right, good. good. Yeah. yeah, as long as I can still, you know, jam out. And, and you know well, what these the are difference like is, though, the the difference between you and kind of sad people like that. And that's not to attack them because I think cling to whatever you want to. Because I cling to a bunch of shit that I liked when I was a kid, and I still like today as an adult. And there's nothing wrong with it. But you're not clinging to that hair you had in high school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you want to know what though? <laughs> Whoa. You no, want to know I, what, I know. though? <laughs> I kind my, of brought this up as a joke, too. Oh, my dude. I can't even tell you how similar I look to Keanu Reeves in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 2009. Yeah. I saw that in our yeah. notes, and I'm like, what do you oh, mean right now? Dude, I I meant to bring up a picture so that I could, like, show it to the audience. It My hair was the same. I literally wore a vest. Dude. <laughs> dude that was one of your uh, like a facebook profile picture man yeah i never dude. knew 2009 zach so i'm really curious it was to see this. it was it was uh ted theodore logan i mean that's that's who i was in 2009 
Andrew, are you looking it up on your phone? You're just going to hold it up? 100%. 100%. This is also how well streaming here, by the way, too, is just looking something up on your phone, holding it up to your webcam. Right. Well, that's why I said I was going to, but Andy's going to take the initiative and actually do it. Absolutely. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, so I mean, um, I, you know, I, I, the Bill and Ted, like those characters, I guess we can get kind of back into the character discussion while Andy's looking up my profile picture from 2008. Zach, um, it's such a low quality picture that you have for it too. Cause it's oh, back in like, best. you know, 2000, uh, this is like, I think eight. Yeah. It's the, the iPhone one picture. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, of course it is. It's probably expanded too big and you can see the pixels. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem like i go to zoom in and he's okay we're just getting it get in boom oh hell it's yeah it's keanu reeves like you it's might keanu reeves you could just do like a quick flash like dude why are you checking out keanu reeves on your phone like <laughs> no i'm not that's exactly that. it too you're wearing the white t-shirt under the black vest that's incredible i'm telling you Man. that was my first band photo that's shoot. incredible Anybody listening to audio needs to go to our YouTube channel when this is dropped and just skip to, what are we at? We're at 2430, uh, a couple seconds before that, and uh, you're good to go. You get to see a wonderful picture of Zach. You, yeah, you get you get Zach Russo from 10, 20, or 10 15 years ago. What can you ask stuff. for? What else can you ask for? The I mean, link is... to your OnlyFans, that's the Keanu Reeves, like, softcore porn. In <laughs> that's got to be your profile picture on your OnlyFans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the only <laughs> way it's going to get views. I honestly don't know anything about OnlyFans. I don't know if there's a profile picture, but I'm assuming there is. I'm sure there is. Probably. And I think you know that, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right, so Zach looks <laughs> like. Can we get back into what Bill and Ted are like? I guess. Can we? All right. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part about Bill and Ted is that they literally have no character growth. That is, that is like my favorite part of the movie until until the very end of the trilogy. <laughs> like yeah, the last where, thirty where minutes. They allow of their the... daughters to take the limelight. Yeah. 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 That's like until that point they don't they don't change at all, and it's actually super funny i i I really enjoy that aspect of the movie the only thing i'd push back with that is this i would say it gets worse like they 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 degrade in the second one (laughs) they become like worst versions of themselves to only then be even greatly more redeemed in the end so like just magnified even more i think the the second one what they just and i think it might also be because of the robot versions of them that like they're just like the absolute worst versions of those two characters being totally like exploited beyond what the other two were capable of doing. Uh, And it just makes you like hate them even more, I think as you're watching it. So like it it really, it takes away from the poor real Bill and Ted's character because it's essentially them just portraying their worst selves. Which is actually unfair to them though, because like the, the one redeeming quality to Bill and Ted is even though they, make zero progress throughout their lives other than that last redeeming moment they're good guys for the most part and they're like well-meaning and like literally the be excellent to each other that's something people could actually learn from uh even if it's something from a 1989 
stoner SoCal rocker movie. Uh, I I don't know. At least they're good guys. But yeah, if you could put their arc on a curve, it would uh, start here and curve down. And then finally back up a little bit when they realize their daughters are the ones that are uh, the ones that fulfill the destiny. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to it's hard to talk about how else they they progress. You know, it's like there's not a lot of change. You know, like you said, Andy, the real change is in the in the second movie is not even them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that being said, though, like even though they don't have an arc, still gotta love them. Like the fact that they're oh they're great total fucking idiots, but also have these incredibly descriptive adjectives for like everything they say like one one of my favorite lines and it was in uh the synopsis is we're in danger of flunking most heinously it's like (laughs) how are these guys flunking because they they come up with some of the greatest adjectives to describe what they're going through yet they think uh Julius Caesar's the salad guy, stuff like that. Joan of Arc is uh, <laughs> Noah's wife, shit like that. I love all that stuff too. It's just <laughs> they think Socrates is Socrates. <laughs> yeah, Napoleon's the dead short guy. I mean, <laughs> it, oh my god, yeah, yeah, I I do love their 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 adjective game is is top notch. It really is. Oh yeah, it's top notch. You can't you can't uh, you can't hate them for that. Absolutely. There is one thing you can hate them for, and this does really bother me about the first two movies, and part of the reason why I think like it does drop um, significantly in quality, uh, but it's the use of a specific um, homophobic slur that occurs uh, one time in the first movie, and at least two times, if not three times, I think, in the second one. It, it happens and then in never... the first movie, because I totally missed that. It yeah, does. it happens yeah. in the uh, police department. The two of them embrace. Uh, they hug for a moment, and then as like a second layer, they break away from one another, and they both call each other um, the the F slur. So, oh yeah, I, I totally yeah. missed that. the The only time I heard that was when uh, the evil Bill and Ted robots throw them off the cliff to kill them. When they say uh, yep. "We love you" in like a desperate attempt to not have them kill them. I'm, I'm shocked and disappointed right now. I honestly yeah, didn't it, notice that. And you it, might miss it, them because they're just lines that get thrown out there. And because we, I, I mean, I don't remember those being said as a kid, but I also remember as a kid, right? Those that term was used. I mean, I have said that term before, um, oh. because that's what young boys did unfortunately and thank goodness like I have grown into the adult I am now and learned lessons from childhood mistakes. But that's what you know you're seeing on TV, so it, it kind of makes sense. I see where it comes from now, you know. I it get was that super part. shocking. Yeah, it was. It was shocking to hear. I mean, I I noticed it right away. You know, is every every iterance of that uh, of that particular word? Because um, I don't really remember any other words that were super bad. But there was like a lot of hypersexualized uh, misogyny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of just like really dated, um, you know, things that just doesn't play today. And, you know, that really jumped out at me, especially in the first movie. Um, you know, maybe not so much the second movie, but like even, you know, Missy, like, you know, they they were 
checking out Missy the whole time and like, oh yeah, you know, hypersexualizing the mom. Uh, it was really weird. Um, so there a lot of things that just that just seem super dated and just really don't play well today. And that that that's the stuff that really actually stood out to me. You know, because you just don't you don't expect to hear that. Yep. You know, from uh, it, but you don't hear it in the third one at all. Uh, so that's like I, I'm gonna say well, this over and over again. As the third expect, one has yeah. some a lot of redeeming qualities. I was so surprised. Like not that I was expecting them to say it right. But like of course they're not gonna do that. They're not gonna. But I was surprised how well like okay. So this movie is a movie of its time, and that's why I'm not thinking like canceling Bill and Ted over the language that they use because they're a product of their time. Uh, but good on the third one with Bill and Ted to still give us those characters we know from the first one, the good versions of them in our minds, and kind of really bring them to their fullest. Yeah, and maybe that's their arc is uh, changing with the times, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, it. And again, like you guys said, it, any of us would be lying, especially uh, from the times that we were raised. I mean, I was born in 1990, a year after this movie came out, the first one. I'd be lying if I didn't say those stupid things, especially in high school in those times where you're trying to find yourself, you're trying to impress other people, and how do you impress other people? You bring other people down, which is a really shitty way of going about things, but that's really how it ends up going for a lot of people, and uh, good people do that shit all the time, so yeah, definitely don't want to cancel them or anything like that, anything of that nature, but... It is good progress to see that, you know, you go to the movie in 2020, you jump to that, and uh, the characters seemingly learn from that. The writing learns from that. So that's a good thing. Yeah, surely. You know, but in in that said, though, you know, I certainly, you know, I think you both mentioned you don't want to cancel Bill and Ted, but, you know, it's not a movie that, you know, initially I thought, oh, this would be a fun movie to see as like, you know, a, a fourth grader with, you know, some of the, the you know, the, the historical figures, the fun time travel. The, but I, I won't show this movie to my kid, you know, really just because of some of those aspects of it. Yeah. Well, that's kinda... I wonder. Oh, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, Ted. I was just going to say, I wonder if because this these are I believe it's an MGM production, uh, all three movies. I actually don't know about the third one, but I know the first two are MGM. Disney owns that as the Disney owned product. So like if they were ever to bring this to uh, it's not, well, it's Disney plus, but it's like the stars, which is like the mm -hmm. eventually will be the adult section of um, Hulu. I mean, Hulu or is... Hulu, something like that. Another yeah. Disney owned, like theoretically, if they were to introduce, introduce these movies to streaming, cause they aren't streaming right now, incidentally right. enough. Right. Coincidence. I think not. Um, it's for like this very reason is that like they don't fit the culture uh, of that company and they're not going to stream it. But theoretically, they could release them and just do some good old George Lucas editing. Super easy to scrub out all of those. Oh, yeah. Um, at least the terms, the language that's used and maybe even some of those over sexualized scenes cut around them to to clean them up. Like we don't need the shot of looking down um, the I'm blanking on her name. Right. The Missy's shirt. Missy's yeah. shirt, right? right? You don't need right. those in there. You can easily cut to like a quick thing um, that happens before and after it. So like I think there's potential for these to eventually one day be worth showing in a, a better format. God, that scene was so awful. 
I see was so awful with the dad and then they uh, closed the door behind him. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. In Bill's room, by the way, oh, <laughs> like God. what the fuck? Oh, oh so man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only redeeming thing about that is in the next movie, you get to see Bill's dad kind of whimpering in the corner while Ted's dad is with Missy. At one so point. Are, are we moving on to the dads then, maybe in characters oh, sure. and stuff like we, that? We can talk, talk about, about them. the dads. God, it's so the dads' bad. characters. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Missy. Let's talk about Missy. Since okay, we've, start with we've Missy, and then we Missy get is into the thread the that brings everything yeah. together in these so, movies. My my favorite line, and, and I know this is I just talked about how much I I hated this stuff, but my favorite line was <laughs> when was when was when uh, Ted was like, "Yeah, remember when she was a senior and we were freshmen? <laughs> and we had, we asked her to the prom, and now she's a stepdad yeah. or her stepmom." She well, yeah. he keeps calling her mom throughout the whole yeah. thing. He's like, hey, Missy, I mean, mom, yeah, mom, <laughs> and that's what she wants him to call. Doing the same yeah. thing. And then you get to the last movie, which is the best way. This is like a good, clean way of sexualizing somebody, I guess. is like just showing how gross it is that his <laughs> younger brother, Deacon, is marrying her. And just like the over-the-top make-out stuff. And it, it it's just so gross and over-the-top that like even if you really wanted to do anything with her, it's just... Nobody wants to touch her at that point because she's <laughs> she's been through the the Bill and Ted families, I guess, and it, it's just so ridiculous and so disturbing too when you when you think about like the fact that she was Deacon's mom essentially at one point. Well, at the, at the in the wedding scene when they yeah. go over all the relationships, like Deacon's his own stepdad, and. And, and dad's and, his uh, own son. And, and dad's his own son. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was one of the highlights of that movie. Just like right off the bat at the wedding, just <laughs> running through all the consequences of Missy. Running and now that through. we've gone through that beautiful statement, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was really funny. Yeah, that you know really what? Without funny. Missy, these movies couldn't happen. I don't think. The uh, I, maybe I could have gone without the the tarot like reading thing. Or not tarot, oh, her, but whatever they do. Seance. The seance, well, they, yeah. yeah. it was plot convenience. It's just like, well, let's make Missy have the seance so we can try to get to somebody. Uh, speaking of, like, that scene, the scene before that, I really enjoy Ted's dad when he's possessed by Ted. Uh, talking to all the cops Ted. and uh, yeah. talking like Ted. He did a really good job of doing a Keanu Reeves Ted impression, and I super enjoyed that scene that was really funny yeah. yeah yeah he i like him as an actor in these like i mean he just has a little you know kind of a small secondary role but yeah he was it, good. But it's he, the incredulous he goes dad. through character growth he does yeah 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 he, he's one of the few who actually has an arc but yeah he uh, plays the incredulous dad so well just like the dad who's like what the fuck ted what is going on here <laughs> it's amazing your bags yeah he he's definitely a hundred percent MAGA though. Like without a doubt, this man is hardcore. Wants his son to join the military academy. Uh, he's in the police. He probably does not support Black Lives Matter. Let's put that out there to the world. Like this man, we know this guy. We don't like this guy in real life, and that's why we don't like him as his dad. But by the end of the move or the trilogy, 
he redeems himself. He goes, I realize I was wrong. I, you know, I want to now make up for it. I'm going to help you guys. And conveniently, when you killed me, my SWAT van was here too. So let's hop in the SWAT van and then take this back to, you know, Earth. So like, yeah. I, how does the SWAT van care. go to hell? Can can somebody explain that to me? <laughs> well, how does, how does a robot go, to, go hell, to hell, Zach? I mean, come on. How does a robot? How does okay? Uh, but he's not. He's not a robot. What was his name again? Dennis I McCoy. I forgot it. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis McCoy. Dennis McCoy. Dennis McCoy. Yes. <laughs> One of the best characters. No, he's by the so way. much more than a robot. He's so much more than a robot. He's Dennis McCoy. Well, yeah, he's named after uh, Kelly's ex, which is a nice little tidbit in there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get that though. I don't know why that was even a, a thing. Ah, it's a funny line. Why not? Oh, all right. I thought there would be more. No. I thought there would be more significance to that, that but that's I, pretty much never all was. Bill and Ted is like, eh, it's funny. Yeah, it I provides guess. like relationship, like relationship drama because like between now the mom and the daughter, like there's mom and daughter dynamics. It's like, oh, you named the robot thing you created after my ex. It triangulates the relationship. It gives you something to like do them. That's how like the just, just Missy to piss is. her off. Yeah, and Missy's yeah. A, a triangulation of characters. Like you, so you've got the dad with the son and then now they've got mom who happens to be like someone that the kid like had a crush on like in as a friend like so there's all these weird triangles that occur between these characters yeah and uh dennis mccoy at a certain point is desperate for the attention of pretty much everybody but also kelly at one point to the point where she tells him uh several times to go away so you know it it all circles back she probably is told that to the real Dennis McCoy. And yeah, it's a beautiful circle I did like, of life. <laughs> Dennis McCoy is easily my favorite character oh, yeah. in the third movie. It's Leslie so hated so him. Oh, really? Hated him. Really? really? And I was like dying laughing every single fucking line. He's and so she just funny. said it, uh, he made her so uncomfortable. <laughs> that's the point. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's why. It. That's why you laugh at everything he says. Because it's so cringe. Especially because he's a robot, too. Like, you don't expect it at all. He's like, I I accidentally killed your daughters and your band. And, <laughs> and then he tries to kill himself. Oh, wait, and... you have the song? Yes, <laughs> it's so fucked up. It's so bad. How? Goodbye, world. <laughs> Jump on his gun. That, that that's towing a line that is towing a line but yeah <laughs> i'm okay with it sometimes you gotta cross it sometimes you gotta just it is towing a line, line but it it becomes okay because in the end it's a robot and that's, that's what right. you yeah. gotta tell well, yourself he he is but he gives himself this character that's like he's not he's more than a robot like he gives himself so much more clout than just being but a robot. But is he more than a robot if nobody else cares? Because, like, the moment he tells everybody his name and anything about them, they're like, who the fuck cares? It's like, he, okay, come on. <laughs> he tells Bill and Ted, we don't care. Let's go. And he, he joins them half the time. They're like, okay, fine. Then Death is trying to get rid of him during the concerts. I, I'm a really good dancer. Why don't you go dance over there? So... Yeah, he's just an inconvenience to everybody. Do you guys want to talk about death now? Since we since we just talked about well, I love death. Can we, no, can we wrap up with the dads though? Oh, the dads. We, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, else? Do you, I don't really have much to add. So go ahead. So I just want to, with the dads circling back to those tying with like Missy and whatnot. Um, 
I like to in this podcast do my like simp cuck analysis mm-hmm. uh, with male characters throughout this, sure. and I just it was I noticed it really in the second one where the I always confuse them. So Bill is Keanu Reeves, right? No, Ted, Ted is Keanu Reeves. Ted, Ted is Keanu Reeves. I confuse their characters constantly. Ted is Keanu Reeves. So how could Ted? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't understand. I've Ted never grasped their name. Logan. Ted is Keanu Reeves. Yes. Ted is Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Okay. So Bill's dad, all right, is the first person that Missy is in a relationship with, right? Correct. First dad, primary dad. Uh, we don't really get a good sense of where anyone is at, except for everyone simps over Missy. So he just gets lumped into that simp category, I think, because that's just like what everyone does. Oh, it's, surely. I mean, he kicks he kicks the kids out of the room. Yeah, like uh, in his kid's room. But, yeah. So then we go into the next movie and it's solidified. So I'm reassured by the second film that he is a simp because of his reaction to Missy. He's in tears. This man is so depressed over the loss of this woman. Like the shot on his face, the camera tracks it. Like as he's like, it is incredible that this man is the pure definition of a simp. Then we get into, okay, so what's uh, Ted's dad? I don't really know. I think he's probably a little bit of like still on the simp side of things, but just like such a like a conservative dude. I don't know if like he even wants to have sex, actually. Like he kind of like portrays it, but it's like once on Sunday afternoons, you know, after church or something like that. (laughs) Is, you know, the thing going on. Um, I get that. Yeah. So probably still like but simp like, you know, wants to be but very conservative. Then you get the the son, who, what's the brother's name now? I forget Deacon, him. Deacon. Deacon. Deacon's a cuck, okay? This kid has several very suggestive lines in the third movie. He's not even a kid. He's an adult, right? But he's a kid because it's her kid messed up. Part of the problem, that's kind of cuckish. He gets off to the whole dad thing. Like, there's a, a throwaway line, something at the very beginning, which is like, oh, don't call me that... Um, uh, pet name that's what your dad called me and he says like that's the point dude dude come on like i no shame thrown your way whatsoever but yeah that that's that's a cuck yeah we don't kink shame here but uh no no by, kink by the way the throwaway line i just remembered it it's kissy missy kissy missy which is disgusting <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't remember that line and i Wish you didn't bring it up, actually. Sorry. No. Sorry. I just, I, I can't let it go. There's something about watching movies now where I can't stop thinking about this. <laughs> Every movie you watch is going to be through the lens of a simp cuck analysis. Yeah, it's, it happens now because I like go like, oh, that's funny because <laughs> I'm in the mind of the, the podcast and I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> you know what? He's bringing something to the table that nobody else does. And I think that's Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That's <laughs> fair. Is that all we got? Probably on not a lot of that. That's all I got on the dads. All right. I mean, that's really all they're there for. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about death. 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 Fucking sore loser, baby-ass death. I love death, dude. He's so Death. Death is the best part of Bogus Journey. Yeah. Like, by far. By far the best part. I don't like Bogus Journey pretty much at all until death shows up. Yeah. The, the only moments that are redeeming in Bogus Journey for me are the moments with death. I fucking love the line when he's in the grocery store and they're shopping for everything to make the good 
Bill and Ted robots. And he sees the guy smoking. He's like, see you soon. <laughs> just amazing. I love he's just so he's so whiny and everything like yeah. and and it and and it gets it gets even amplified in the third one when they're trying to like bring him back to the band but like it starts off by him like losing battle best two out of three yeah best three out of five and then Bill like best five out of seven damn right <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny yeah and then and in finally, the third one it's it's all uh Oh, you're going to pull the restraining order on me? <laughs> yeah. Well, you were playing 40 minute solos, Death. Which, <laughs> to be fair, nobody wants to hear even a four minute bass solo. Uh, nobody should have a bass solo. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Remember, uh, Primus was the band that played as the second to last act ah. at Battle of the Bands in this movie. So the fact that Primus has a bass feature, but not they don't have bass solos. Yeah, but you should they, they be feature bass. Okay, yeah, that's true. I'll give them that. I'll give they're you like that. it's like they're they're very similar to Red Hot Chili Peppers. They feature bass, but they don't solo bass. Yeah, it's like you're just gonna you're gonna rift on that bass line for like the first few like opening bars here, and then we're gonna get into the rest of the song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Primus is some of the best bass material there is. But exactly, that's why I want to make sure we're not throwing shade that way. No, hundred percent. You just never want a bass solo unless you unless you have like a cool upright jazz bass solo. But even when he was playing upright upright bass, it sounded like an electric bass. (laughs) They couldn't. They didn't really get it together. Their (laughs) instrumentation was off. (laughs) Is that what we're nitpicking? (laughs) Hey, this is a movie about music. I'm gonna nitpick the music. Zach analyzes the music. I analyze the toxic masculinity found in Cuck and Simp uh, personas. (laughs) Yeah, we've all got our niches. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, But back to death being the best freaking character in the movie. You're like so right that the movie actually gets kind of good when death shows up. He makes you invested in it. And I... I like him in the second one, but in the third one, he's just over the top. He has way more dialogue than he does in the second one. But I love it because what's so, again, great about this third movie is it recognizes exactly what kind of movie it is and does not take any shame in that. What, you know, this just kind of goofy movie and these characters, because like the whole death thing and coming back to the band, you could just replace these characters with any other like getting the band back together movie like all right here's the the beatles coming back together you know for the last album here's you know the rolling stones you know coming together for like the last like whatever the case is just plug and fill uh and then they're just being like satires of that thing so you got death and bill and ted trying to get the band back together now making up with one another and then going out to have one last great show so, like, the character of Death even has character development from the last movie. Like, good job, creators of the third one. Given, make me like the character even more uh, from the second one. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, he is great. interesting thread, too, that uh, the tertiary characters have more of an arc than the main characters in this movie. And, yeah. Good for them. Well, I mean... All of it's funny though, like you say that, but I think all of the character growth, no matter which character it is, comes in the last thirty minutes of the last movie. 
Like it, everybody is extremely stagnant right until then, yeah. you know, and that's where everything comes together. So yes, it's growth, but it's like, it just kind of like, and here's the redemption, you know, for everybody, for everybody. But I think that's like Dad, part of what Bill, makes Ted, it Dad. do. Like if they're not sad, stagnant losers at the beginning of three, then there's no point to the movie. That's the whole plot is that they're stuck. The princesses yeah. are thinking about leaving them because they can't watch them bang their heads against the wall trying to figure out this song. Uh, their daughters look up to them, but obviously they realize that they need help too. That's why they go and find the best band in history. So these guys, like, even though they have their redemption and they're like, peak to their arc at the end of the movie it wouldn't happen without that and that's kind of like goes to andy's point as to why the third movie is probably one of the better like endings to a trilogy of all time like even though it's not like an epic trilogy or anything like that just like the way it culminates and everything really works and really i don't know it just makes sense it does. It makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? I you mean, know what? The last thing you should say about this this trilogy. None of it makes sense. <laughs> I I think if anything makes sense is stuff in the third. We're I'm not talking about two where we got fucking ass cheek monsters here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay. Yeah, that's speaking fair. of them, I I just want to bring this up really quick. Are they suggesting that Kid Cudi is station? Uh, I I don't because he does I, the maybe station. the last line yeah 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 before he teleports away yeah like is that is that like the point of it yeah I mean he he's also the one that like knows all this the, the space time stuff so yeah like, is he station or does he just know station I really want to know I, I'm assuming it's just like as simple as like he's station and he's taking the form of Kid Cudi right the fact that Kid Cudi is in this movie is mind blowing to me. <laughs> I lo- I love that he's like now a historical musician. Absolutely, in the mind, in and he movie. he tells everybody so. No, <laughs> no, Ted, you just that's it. He is station. Like when he says, uh, "I guess Kid Cudi," it's because the kids don't know that it's station. Station is a historical figure, just not from planet Earth. Ah. You know, in fact, station is literally like the smartest you know scientist in the universe right that's like the whole thing yeah that's his whole point yeah so not historically from earth but just like historically so when kid cuddy says that he's like he's not just saying like because it's kid cuddy he's saying it because it's station he's a station okay all right that works yeah i like kid cuddy though i'm glad he was in it i I think kid cuddy's awesome he was a bright spot absolutely yeah i can't name a kid cuddy song though what's one song leslie and i talked about this this was kind of the sad part uh, I don't know the names of his songs, but you would you would know uh, a couple of his radio hits. Like, this is great. It's the best I got. This is the best I got. Great stuff. That's the best I got. Thanks, Zach. That's what I was hoping for. I'll listen for that one. I said, do what do they have? Don't you have like the thing you can sing it into? And it'll I do. Yeah, you want to sing for the podcast and then yeah, tell us. And I guarantee it won't pick up on what you just put out there. Wait, 
<laughs> are we trying this? Are we actually doing it? No, 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 no. I'll it. give you the name of the song. Jesus. I'm surprised. Pursuit of happiness. I'm in the pursuit of happiness, and I know. Oh no? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it's exactly that's like his... what, like what you yeah. were doing. Yeah, what you hum. Okay. I would, well, there, there's a, that's a verse, all right? <laughs> Jesus. I, you couldn't Google it beforehand? <laughs> no. No, I, we did. We, if anybody's not going to know a Kid Cudi song shit. by name, it's me. Like, I know songs just by hearing them, but I don't know who does who, them. Yeah. I, I am like the definition of just a dad who is not in touch with what's going on in pop culture. I listen to punk rock. That's all I listen to. Literally all I listen to. Punk, hardcore, and prog. And I do not delve anywhere outside of that other than when I'm in the car with my wife. Yeah, I fair. like pop music. I like pop music, so I like Good Cuddy. You're hip. I'm not. I am hip. That's why I'm still a rocker. Yeah, as can't, evidenced can't by away. that epic humming, too. Can't, can't take it away from me yet. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Any other characters we should get into, guys, before we, like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we hit Station, which is great. Uh, you know, he's, yeah. he's an ass cheek monster and Kid Cuddy, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. I would be remiss if I did not say George Carlin is a great mm. character. Rufus. as Yeah, Rufus. Um, and it, that was one of the things I said while watching the third one was, wow, I'm actually, like, sad about George Carlin, you know, not seeing him in this movie because that was one of the redeeming qualities of the first two was seeing George Carlin again. Interesting. Love his comedy, like the man, um, you know, I for, wanna... like his worldview and uh, politics and things like that. So I, I was like, oh, kind of sad that he wasn't in it. And I, I like George Carlin. So that's all I got to say about it. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. Cause I, I did, I did, I was sad when like they did the hologram thing of, of George Carlin in the third one. But I also thought, like, and I like George Carlin, but I thought in the first two, Rufus could have been played by literally anybody. I don't think he was really like a, I don't think he George Carlin put anything specific to George Carlin in Rufus. You know what I mean? I was Agreed. expecting more from him, actually. Yeah. Uh, see, I just think it's not like a necessarily an acting thing. I think it's literally, hey, who's like a big name comedian that we could put in this role that would get people to say like, oh, guess who's in this movie? Let's see it. Oh, George Carlin. I also I mean, think it works the from biggest the, name at the time. Yeah. I also think it works from the standpoint of like Rufus is a very much the straight man in Bill and Ted. And George yeah. Carlin is like a very smart comedian, but he, he can get raunchy too. So I, I think like the expectation is when you see George Carlin's on the bill for this movie is that it's going to be something totally different. And then they subvert that expectation Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I, I think maybe that's part of the intention of it because they very much like make him the straight man throughout these movies. I don't know. I just don't think he was he's a very good actor. I think he's a great comedian. And I just don't think that he delivered on his acting as as well as. Uh, that's I fair. I, I do think he was underutilized in the second one, though. I was pretty disappointed that like, yeah. You get him at the beginning teaching his course. Then he uses his sick guitar batarang thing that he's got 
to attach himself to the time so stupid. Uh, phone booth. It is stupid, but it's fun. Uh, right, let me let me throw this out there. I bet the reason why is pay. Oh, How yeah, much time I, do you get a George Carlin? Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, so like to it's actually for do sure this movie. the real world reason, but it's just disappointing yeah. that like you get him at the beginning of the movie for that, and you get him revealing that he was the female band manager at the end. And like all he delivers, which is a good line, is that uh, the other guy, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I fucked it up earlier in the synopsis, but Denomalous, uh, <laughs> right? Denomalous, sure. So yeah, uh, I think that's how they say it. Yeah. I, I think I just have a hard time reading it because it's like D E and then Nomalous spelled out. Anyway, uh, he says he, he was his former, uh, like, Gym teacher and gym teacher. Uh, yeah, sit up yeah. champion of the 27th century. <laughs> like that was such a dumb throwaway line. That was one of, <laughs> I love that because at the beginning he's like, oh, teacher. Yeah. And you think he's like, oh, it's supposed to be like, you know, his college professor that, like, you know, whatever. Right. Oh, he's my old gym teacher. <laughs> like, oh my God. And definitely one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Of the like, movie. usually it's like, he was my mentor. He taught me everything, right. but he lost his way. It's like, yeah, he's just this dude who does a bunch of sit-ups. He's got the record in the 27th century, so that's pretty cool. That so <laughs> Which that funny. guy does not look like he's the sit-up champion, I will say that. That no. might have been like an improv moment from George Carlin. Yeah. I bet that was not the line in the script. You might be and right. He just said it, and they're like, yeah, we got to go with that take. Yeah, We got to <laughs> use it. How could you not? <laughs> so perfect. You can't leave uh, that for the yeah. blooper reel. God, I loved that. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, speaking of that movie, I, I don't know if we <laughs> want to move on from the character stuff at all, but it, just it, because we're talking about that part, and and maybe this is what you're talking about in terms of nightmarish uh, memories, Andy, is the whole, like, mouth thing where they, they take the, with the Bill and Ted robots in Bogus Journey, they, like, take the mouth and put it over their robot skulls and they open up the chest like that stuff was it was pretty gruesome for me isn't that good practical effect though i was surprised like how good the practical yeah. effects were in the it second was. movie specifically like as as much as like station is a weird ass cheek monster the the like costume puppet thing for that actually looks really good and then that scene in particular when they rip the faces off looks really fucking good I, I'm surprised. Like they must have had a bigger budget for that movie. Yeah, there it, yeah. there was a lot of fun practical stuff in the movie. Like to give it credit for that, it's a good segue right now. I don't, I don't know what we're talking about right now, but like we're talking <laughs> effects and costumes and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, so I mean, you kind of ruined the segue, but. Sorry, yeah, I, I didn't know that's what we were doing or actually because you posed the question, are we getting off of character or not? So I didn't know if we wanted to keep going in this way. But I mean, it was nice and natural until you spoke up. So but but, you know, keep it going. All right. So this is a nice segue <laughs> into talking about like the practical effects in the second great, movie. This is great. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you're, you're right, though. Keep but you continue your thought. <laughs> thank you uh like the practical effects in this one particularly the scene in their apartment there's like all the things going on with like their head they're playing basketball the head's not so much themselves but like what they did with the camera work was really cool so like 
the heads of each individual was like in the wastebasket. So like they had the camera looking up and then it was looking down when the head was on the floor. You could clearly see like it was something that they were in, which was like a, some kind of like two level thing. So it was just a, like a carpet over Keanu's head. And then the, there was an actor walking above them. Like cool things like that it was like, wow, they put a lot of effort into this scene to make all these practical effects work. So yeah, it was really cool in the second movie. Another redeeming quality, if you will. Yeah. yeah, I thought. I mean, the. I mean, the, to me, the biggest effect that stood out was the phone booth in 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 all the movies, like in how like how it appeared, you know, apparated and disapparated, sort of thing. Like you know, just kind of uh, moving in and out with the you know the cheesy electronic effects beforehand. But I thought even in in uh, Excellent Adventure, like you know, when you saw the 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 phone booth coming up and in and down from the ground, I thought that was actually it fit pretty well. You know, it's pretty seamless. You could throw that in a movie today. Yeah. And Again, the electricity around it wasn't great, but other than that, it was good. No, but it's classic late 80s, early 90s electricity stuff. And yeah, it is what it is. We, we had the same shit with uh, the Back to the Future franchise. Right. You know, right. And that's yep. like the the start of like real special effects for CGI uh, in that era. But I always compare it to Howard the Duck. That's like my 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 <laughs> basis of of electricity for eighties movies. You know, if the there's Duck. one thing to use uh, Howard the Duck as a baseline for, it's that. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what this baseline is like, so I need to look because I'm not recalling what the lightning. Have you, have looks you seen like. Howard the Duck? Watch Howard he, the Duck. A, a long time ago, I've not rewatched it as an adult. So uh, we'll, we'll get to the Howard the Duck trilogy. Just kidding. <laughs> we'll get yeah. to the. It's part of the MCU, right? Maybe yeah, we'll, we'll do throw into an MCU. episode where it's just like all non-MCU shitty Marvel movies. Like technically like Marvel that. properties that are owned at the time by different uh, studios. Blade. Blade, X-Men. That's its own trilogy. And that's the, not a shitty movie. So I, I'm very Blade offended you just said that. Movies. Blade is a very good movie. But, yeah, there, you yeah. could do your own trilogy on Blade. Maybe that's not one to include. We'll figure it out. Anyway, all right, fair enough. Um, what were we talking about? Practical effects. effects. I'm sorry. Practical effects. effects. Uh, all, all the the costume effects. for Dennis McCoy is incredible in the third out. movie. Absolutely incredible. Out. Like I, I do think the CGI is is fine in the third movie, and I don't think it's like meant to be something groundbreaking or anything like that. It kind of oh. looks like they're in front of a green screen, and that's okay. Because these movies are kind of cheap from a base level, anyway. I would but, imagine this it was it was intended to be a low budget movie. That's yeah, my my guess. I and I think that, like that aesthetic actually works for Bill and Ted because it's like the least serious franchise you could ever think of. But the the costume is incredible. I can't even imagine how much time and energy it took to do makeup and put him in that costume every day that they shot that the the costume for uh dennis mccoy looks great the budget for face the music was 25 mil all in no way yeah 20 how much was kiana 20 (laughs) (laughs) yeah that makes sense yeah the only 
really like CGI thing that bothered me in the third one, not even bothered me, but like where I was taken out of the movie for a moment um, was when they initially get to the future and they're just like looking around. And it's one of those things where like clearly there are no tracking things for their eyes in this green screen room because like the things that uh, Bill is looking at, he's like looking around somewhere like mid eye level and there's like nothing there in the sky where he would be looking when the camera pans around, like everything out was like further in the distance. So it's like weird. Like, why would you be looking like that? So clearly you're walking through a green screen area that isn't anything practical. So um, everything else was, I think fine with it. Uh, And then to the point about CGI in the first two, uh, there really isn't a lot of it. There's more practical effects for things and it's of its time. So I'm not going to, you know, be too critical of it oh no yeah he really really can't can't be it it doesn't make sense to be um let's see we've hit effects i i almost want to go back to characters for a second but like i don't know you can splice it in you know what you know what i you know what we didn't bring up with characters in 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 in, i guess rightly so because she wasn't in it a lot but Kristen shawl's character i was expecting so much more from I wanted so much more of Kristen yeah. Shaw in this in that movie. Who's and, Kristen uh, Shaw? Um, uh, I, Kelly. I the, Rufus's Kelly. Daughter. Oh, Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, she's a character I love actor. Kristen Shaw. I'm I love a big Kristen Shaw fan. Uh, love her in Bob's Burgers. Love her in everything that she shows up in. Very unique voice that she has. I love to just hear the voice. Gives me. I don't know. Oh, she's ex- she's immediately recognizable yeah. when, she's, when she talks. Yeah, yeah I, I loved when she yelled at Dennis McCoy to go away because it sounded like Louise Belcher. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Do you mean, like... she, and she's just hilarious, too. I, like, yeah. Her comedy specials are amazing. Absolutely. Uh, do characters like that, uh, like in this case, it's obviously a positive experience, but do they, they like ever take you out of the movie when it's someone like that? Because I, I don't necessarily like dislike her but i don't know a lot of her material i think i've seen like one of her really stand-up things she's done and i definitely haven't seen her in other like movies and whatnot but i know she does them and things like that so sometimes like when i see someone like that i might have not necessarily a negative reaction but it's like oh it's here this character reaction again so like is that something you guys experience in general or like positivity like that or does it ever pull you out of the movie it it definitely i don't know if it ever like in a movie like this, I don't know that it pulled me out of the movie because I was never really fully in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is not you. like a, this is, it's just not like a <laughs> fully immersive movie. You know, no, I got yeah. up at one point and like got something to like blow my nose, a paper towel or something. Like, right. I literally, I mean, it's, it's that type of movie where you can go refill your drink and like not really miss a beat, you know? Yeah. And especially like right from the beginning, like you see old ass Keanu Reeves and it kind of takes you out of the movie immediately, you know, it, it, from, <laughs> yeah. from the beginning. It's not, it's not like I'm like, th- I'm like in the Bill and Ted universe, you know? So when I see Kristen Shaw, it's like, oh yeah, that's Kristen Shaw. And it like, and I'm not thinking of it as a character. I'm thinking it more as an actor, but I don't think it takes away from the movie as it is, you know? Yeah. And that's probably more of an indictment on the movie, to be honest. But it's it's not serious. It's not that's a big what it's, deal. It, that, that's it, the it thing. Correct. Like yeah. it, it can't take away because what is there to take away from? We're just here to have a good time. We're just here to be excellent to each other and to party on, dudes. I mean, come on. Yeah. 
I mean, we've 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 gotten into some real heady content, uh, and we should. This is not it. This no. is, like I'm 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 talking about like oh, in, in the I, podcast, I you, like yeah, just, as a whole, you know, like right. like yeah. you know, we just we just watched the you know the uh, Unbreakable etc. trilogy, right? <laughs> and that like breaking that down is a hell of a lot. You know, more into it. it you know, it, mm-hmm. it, I can't. I can't even talk anymore because I love that. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was but, quality. Yeah, that was quality. But, you know, this is nothing like that. It's nothing like that, and you have to know what you're what you're getting. Yeah, and, and, that's and fine. she just plays George Carlin too. Like, it's literally the replacement character. So, I mean, it, pretty like, much yeah. makes sense for me. So, like. That doesn't bother me at all that I know that this actor has appeared in other things and people like that. Well, that's the thing. If if you were bothered or taken out of things by her in this role, then you probably would have been by George Carlin, too. So it's like yeah, it's an true. apples to apples comparison. They're both comedians. They're both very recognizable voice and uh, just how they look. So it's just one of those things where like, hey, Kristen Shaw. Hey, George Carlin. Right. It's fine. That nothing to take seriously. That these movies are just about having a good time. Yeah. Maybe other than no. two. It it is a fair question though, because there are definitely movies where you can just you you see you know celebrities making an appearance just to make an appearance, and it's just it totally doesn't fit. Um, you know, I just don't think this is one of those movies. Yeah. And I don't so, think Christian Shaw is like that huge of a celebrity either where it can right. really take most people out of the movie. As much as we love her for the most part, not everybody's like, hey, Christian Shaw, yeah. It's like, she, she's right. just kind of a weird lady with a weird voice, and she's fun. Yeah, that's my yeah. take. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> um, I, I, there's probably not a whole lot else to go over, guys, but I do want to get your... I want to talk about the historical characters in uh, in the first one because it's probably my again it's my favorite movie of the three, but yeah. I think that's probably like the most interesting part of all three of the movies, in, at least in my opinion. Well, could we so talk we have... like historical figures with like time travel too? Because they go yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah. So in in uh, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the characters that we meet, um, we have Napoleon. Who, by the way, his his whole like side plot is awesome. Oh, he, I, he has one of the best B plots of all time. He, I think I I love his side plot in this movie. It's, Discovering it's so ice cream, cheating at bowling, which is classic Napoleon. Napoleon complex. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. yeah. And then so uh, Waterloo. The I love the tie-in <laughs> of Waterloo, the water park, which is just fucking amazing and he's bullying kids yeah it it's a fun time with napoleon and you've got fucking socrates and billy the kid hitting on teenagers which is problematic but you don't really think about it too much i guess just like they're at the mall and they're hitting on girls and i think that's just hilarious and then freud comes in with his psychoanalysis of everything which is just super uncomfortable uh they do such a good job of like making this funny and not serious, but also like kind of doing a service to these historical figures and like keeping things relevant to what they actually did and what they were known for. 
Yeah, for sure. Like they actually they they pull from you know their their history characters, right? Like you know their actual human characters with from what we know from history. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, the time travel piece bothers me with this though. Like I give I give it up to enjoy the movie of it, but like you take Abraham Lincoln and he has the most epic speech that only. Uh, trails the emancipation proclamation because of the great ability of what that does to a people uh, a society and thing but this speech is supposed to be like the thing that gets bill and ted you know to be able to pass their test so that way or the oral history report so that way they can then go on to become the band that saves the world the universe or whatever right so like this speech is epic in nature so why doesn't history change why don't like all these historical characters do something? And I get it. That's like kind of the point you have to suspend your disbelief for these movies, but it's like the whole point is they travel in time to change, you know, the events of time. So like, why don't these people in the past know anything? Well, yeah, yeah. but we also have to like, understand like they literally use time travel to do whatever they want. Right. Like they, they use time travel to, to, to uh put the keys where they needed them to be you know they use time travel to like and it's just oh we're gonna think of it right now and then it's gonna happen like yeah you know so it's it's just a silly mechanic yeah you know, it's that. just a MacGuffin for the silly movie and it's not supposed to be taken too seriously but if you want to get serious about it just my thought immediately went to like okay rufus has to go back in time to keep them on their path but that means that Rufus in infinite timelines and in an infinite time loop does right. this all the time because you continuously see him talking to the Bill and Ted of the present and then the Bill and Ted of the near future come and tell them a few things and then they go and right after Rufus says, just making sure you guys are good here, to go and it's the same thing happening over and over and over again so like the the time travel mechanic makes no sense at all because it's like the chicken and egg theory which is the one that happened first because if you're going to have the infinite time loop then something happened had to have happened first and then in that reality things are pretty fucky but Mm, at the same time that can almost that can almost be explained though because like okay. you're, you we're only following the perspective of the the Ted in the Bill and Ted's that we're following, right? So yes, there's an infinite time loop, but this only happens in each and every Bill and Ted's individual perspective, right? Like sure. so, like, it was always going to happen, but Rufus isn't like his his existence isn't just going back and you know through time, you know, every ten minutes or so to whatever. Is you know. it not? We're though? only. We're only yeah no because we're only seeing it during the Bill and Ted's perspective, you know, so it's yeah, it's a different Zach, Zach's right. Zach is right, but only from when you take that perspective. But that's not the case because we, as the third party, we're another perspective in this. We see the scene that Ted is referring to, the part where the two of them interact, where Rufus interacts with one and interacts with the other. So we see, we understand that this series of events has already happened. We can play out everything, and it's confirmed in that scene that things have already happened. So they've gone through this already. So theoretically, it should be an infinite loop. 
it should be continuing over and over again where they see this because we as the third party, we see that thing happening. So you're right in the case when it's Bill and Ted. From their perspective, time isn't infinite. It's only the one timeline things are doing and it's different for them and it's only gone back in time once. But we know that's not the case because we're third party viewers to the perception no, of time. I, I understand what you're saying, but like in, in each and every individual timeline, this only happens once. Right. There's there's an infinite amount of timelines, but this only happens one time per timeline because we're seeing the perspective of that Bill and Ted. So we're following one Bill and Ted and we see them this. We see it when they initially see the the Bill and Ted from the future. Right. Because it was always going to happen that way. And then we see them when they go back to, to their original Bill and Ted's. But we're still seeing it from that Bill and Ted's perspective. So it, it, this is just one iteration of the timeline and one iteration of Bill and Ted. And it, but it's 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 all it's all in the individual perspective. Yes. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, but I don't I don't know if how how much we want to. I don't get into I don't the, think the, anybody the really knows how it works. Dead. <laughs> I'll say one more thing, and the thing that I always get hung up on, and it's not even a real hang up because I'm like just forcing myself to think about this again because like. When we do this podcast, we think about things way too much. But when I watch these movies, I'm like, yeah, who gives a shit? Um, but again, like, does any of this happen without Rufus's interference? That's my thing. Because if he's supposed to keep them on track, what are the events that put them off track, I guess? Like, they never explain at any point, like... Oh, well, this happens in this timeline in order to kind of set them off their course. And I have to make sure I have to go back in time to make sure that they stay on their course. I have to help them along their way. Instead, it's literally just Rufus continuing this time loop, essentially, and going back in time and making sure that they get the time machine. It, if but, not for but that, it's only once. It's only once. It's only in one in one Rufus's perspective. No, it is only no, once, but because... they they make it sound like it's a thing that they're helping prevent catastrophe from happening. But it was always going to happen. It was always it's it's a destiny thing. It was always going to happen like that. So whatever you know, Rufus has so thought Ted about is this Neo the whole time. Ted is Ted is Neo. And Keanu no. is both Ted and Neo. But think of like other examples of of this of. of time travel that you know uh, so they were always going to create the song that brought the universe together right it was always going to happen but even up to the very end they didn't know how it was going to happen and then they realized oh it's our daughters that are going to do it so all of this is destiny it's always going it was always going to happen rufus was always going to go back he's already gone back another timeline so that's why it needs right? it's an inf it's going to happen in infinite amount of times so though you just said that because it R like it has in to different happen. timelines, in different timelines, not an infinite amount of times. We don't have confirmation that there are multiple timelines, though, in this. There seems to be only one timeline. I think we do have confirmation that there are infinite, infinite timelines because in the third one, they press the infinite timeline button, essentially, and they go to infinite timelines right. and infinite places in time and space to distribute instruments. I... I thought that was just not going because it's just all one timeline and they're going to infinite number of places in time. 
that's part of it but i also think it's also infinite places in time and space because that means that there are there would be instances of places where they don't do it because there are infinite possibilities that's why it's probably not good to think about the 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 timeline of this because like at least marvel maybe like tries with the the physics and understanding of it this one literally has no like kid (laughs) cuddy is spewing nonsense with when he's talking about things like he's he's just saying physics words and one character acknowledges it's actually like breaking the fourth wall kind of like you're just saying nonsense right now and like he ignores it and like keeps going on or whatever so like I, I don't know yeah. if we, we can there's, actually analyze this, guys. There's, no, of course not. Of course not. There's well, no real rhyme or reason to Think about to this. It. Are, are we destined in infinite timelines to overanalyze this on the podcast? Probably. Well, <laughs> I, I think that's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Well, let me well, let me say something uh, like uh, about the, the trilogy, though, with this. So the f- movie one and movie three use the timeline phenomenon with this. Movie two does something a little different because it's not time, but it's dealing with, like, the afterlife. So you have, like, hell characters in there and, like, heaven characters in there. So I like that, how you get, like, the devil, God. You get these demonic creature things that we see. You get all the people in heaven. Uh, I'm pretty sure one of the people you see is Ben Franklin, Albert Einstein, they don't explicitly say it in the movie, but I think that's like what the characters are supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. And then you see the greatest people or the smartest, most intelligent scientist is Station. Um, so I, I, I like that part of it. Like it introduced a new element. And then the third one, to its credit, takes the timeline stuff and heaven and hell and puts them both there for us. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and, and in the third one, we also see, you know, given timeline, you know, we see the, the different Bill and Ted's, right? So we see the uh, the the Bill and Ted and Dave Grohl's house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With Great scene. Great scene. So, probably one of my favorite scenes in that movie. What are you doing in my house? Closes the door. <laughs> what are you British accents? Well, we summer in medieval Britain. <laughs> So, like those are the different timelines, yeah. you know? Like No, that's... it's the same timeline. That's the point though. It's literally like what's gonna happen to them. So like these the future and the past versions of themselves are in this constant battle because they know the next thing that's gonna happen. So they keep like saying like they're gonna try to do something different and like it doesn't work out. Like in the that specific Dave Kroll or the Dave Grohl moment, um, they're in the hallway together and they're like damn, I was hoping they weren't going to do it this time. And like they prepared for it. So like, we'll get them in the next time. And then they see him in jail and they're like, yeah, we were planning for this. We knew you were going to show up again at some point here because we remember going through this and we're going to get you this time. Like we're going to stop you. And then the intervention is the robot, apparently, uh, who stops that from happening. And then we see them on their essential deathbeds, I guess, at the end of their lives. And they're right. like, yeah, here, we got to give you the thing so you can, you know, realize, uh, but it's your ultimately it's just going to get broken so that you can put the pieces together and see that, oh, it's your kids who need to actually do this thing uh, to save the, the world. So it, it's like, it's the one timeline and they're experiencing these things together subsequently as we're watching the plot of the movie. I think it's a different timeline because it it happened differently than it would happen than it will happen in this timeline. No, it's happening exactly how it's supposed to be. 
literally that's the point like they get to the end it couldn't have been any other way it had to be this way it's all fucked up um yeah, i think the, the other only but, thing that makes less sense than all of this is us talk, talking about it all it's very true Probably. we gotta stop we gotta stop talking about yeah. this but before we stop talking about it um the other the <laughs> other thing that happens with <laughs> the other thing that happens with time is the princesses right in the third movie they have to go through and like they they go to all these different times and and see you know if they were ever if they'll ever be suitable if T- Bill and Ted will ever be suitable to to live with for the rest of their lives, um, and you know we didn't really talk about the princesses' characters. No, we ignored the babes. But to the timeline, the the timeline piece though, they they answer that question. So you bring them up and they they tell us because uh, they say which you know oh, which timeline, time. which because it's one timeline, and they go okay, which time do you like prefer? When is the time that works for us? Uh, and they go, uh, it's the present. When like it, right it's now, it's our original right now. timeline here. Outside of yeah. the fact that we were pulled out of fourteen oh nine, England, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, and that's also shown in the fact that uh, you see the elderly princesses going back in time using the present Bill and Ted's time machine when they're talking to the elderly ones, because essentially they have lived through the lives of being with Bill and Ted. So, like, out of curiosity, it seems they're going back in time to find out if there is a timeline that makes more sense for them. But ultimately, they find it's that one. And that's another infinite time loop, though. Yeah, because it gets back to the question. So if they were inevitably going to get there anyways, then it shouldn't have happened. It's like, why does it keep going through this? Because it means it's happening, happening an infinite number of times. Yep. And they have to guide the present princesses in that path because they have that question. So, yeah. These movies are fucked up. Yeah. They shouldn't be analyzed like this. They shouldn't be. Yeah, I know. We're doing but that's a what this podcast thing. does. That's We're what doing we... a bad thing right now. We shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> end the podcast. Ten episodes. That's it. We're done. You decide. <laughs> Leave us a comment on uh, the Apple podcast thing or whatever. Uh, tell us, give us a review and tell us in a five star review why we shouldn't go into these deep analytics. And don't tell us to stop. Please. Yeah, don't tell us to stop. Don't but just tell us why it's a bad idea. Don't give us a five star review and tell us we suck and that we need to stop. Because that would, that would give me a bunch of different emotions. Um,. Well, I think we've beaten time travel to death. Mm-hmm. Anything else we want to hit on here? I mean, I think we've hit pretty much all the characters. I was going to say like Thea and Billy, but they're just female daughter versions of Bill and, Bill and Ted who fulfilled the destiny, essentially. And that's really all you can say. I don't want to minimize them at all, but they're really just uh, their father's daughters, essentially. Updated to be Zoomers, though, and I think yeah. they do a great job. There's, like, you could say some gender ambiguity with um, uh, Thea, I think. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe, you know, she's pulling off, like, more uh, not totally feminine clothing. She's wearing, like, it's a more gender suit, neutral, which is kind of weird. Or no, which one? Which one's yeah, Thea I think and that's which the one's one. Billy? See, this is really confusing because I think black hair, they, blonde hair. Which I one? think they named black hair. the oh, opposite, opposite. Billy. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's Billy. Billy. Okay, so Billy is the one I'd say. More androgynous. 
Okay. Who was 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 the other one? Margot Robbie. It's a no. Margot Robbie lookalike. No, she looks just like her. Yeah, that's what Leslie said. <laughs> oh my god! I know it's not. I couldn't Margot believe Robbie, it. And I was in the IMDb looking up who was who earlier. I recognize the other girl, the brunette from the Netflix show Santa Clarita Diet. Um, oh, she's I never in saw that. that. Good plug uh, for that show. Yeah, for that show that had two seasons and was canceled. <laughs> Unceremoniously, really good, though, by right? the way, it was actually a decent show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard really good things about that. Yeah, fuck you, Netflix. Sponsor <laughs> us, though. Also, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one for the future. Maybe they like that kind of attitude. I don't even know. Um, I, I doubt it, but <laughs> maybe you know. Well, you know what? They greenlight everything. Maybe they'll greenlight us. Maybe they'll give us a show. It could yeah, happen. Maybe. Could happen. Maybe. What do you think, guys? You want to to rank these movies? Yeah, let's just get out of here and rank these things. Uh, Who wants to go first? Andy? I'll I'll do it. So, ranking the Bill and Ted trilogy. So, oh boy. I've been thinking about this one a lot, actually. And I'm I'm feeling good about this decision. Uh, I'm going to go 3 1 2. And bullshit. Okay, I just think you. that's a so, shit take. <laughs> three, one, two, and but it's one of those things where three and one are like right next to one another, and it's only because of probably recency bias right now, maybe because it's the one because we watched them in order, so it's the last one I watch. I just am thinking about it more, and I actually really liked it. I really enjoyed it. So if I'm just gonna give an honest opinion of how I'm ranking these movies, I actually really liked three. One, a nostalgic movie that I will remember fondly as a child and think back of now as an adult and laugh and then cringe at some things. And number two, I'm kind of sad I remember some stuff, but you know what? I'm glad I went through it for the podcast. So like there and there were some really good moments in there to talk about and, and watch. So I think to to rank them, it's tough. And I if you're going to ask me my opinion on how I'm going to do it, just yeah, I'm feeling right now. Three, one, two. Okay. Who's next? Who's got okay. who's got a, a better shit take than mine? Uh, that's a pretty shit take, but uh no, I'm just kidding. I just don't I, so my 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 ranking would go one, three, two. Um and and in three and two for me would kind of be is 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 similar to yours, but on the back end. You know? They're like <laughs> <laughs> like three and two were both pretty bad for me. Um though again, I mean there are definitely moments in there like I I, I laughed a lot in three. You know, that was that's probably why I put it over two. It was really funny. You know, I, I, there were a lot of really funny moments in that movie, um, but I didn't necessarily like it as a, as a movie necessarily, you know, and two is not that good for me. Um, again, some funny moments in there. Death was great, you know, but outside of that, not, not awesome. But one is just in, and, and maybe it's the nostalgic factor, but it's just such a, a fun, you know, silly, Goofy movie with you know old Keanu Reeves and all these you know crazy historical characters, um, and I just I I love number one. And that one I would I would rewatch again and again. Um, I probably wouldn't watch the uh, two and three again. You know I I think it could it, number one could stand on its own any day. That's fair. 
I'm going to have the same rankings as you, but I'm going to differ in uh, 3 and 2 being closer than uh, 1 and 3. I'm closer to Andy on that. Uh, I, I think it's really hard to beat 1 from a nostalgia factor, from uh, just being obviously the, the original one. O- always for me, when when you're the original movie and you're pretty good, it always gets a little bit of a bump for me because without it, obviously, none of this exists. But mm. on top of that, it's just fun. There are great jokes. I, I was really surprised at how much I was laughing at one after how many years of not watching it and like how old it is. Like it's it's a year older than me, at, which is crazy to think mm. about. And I'm still laughing at the thing. Uh, just fun humor. It's dopey it's dumb but man it's just a fun time uh i will say it brings it down a little bit for me realizing that you guys noticed some uh derogatory terms that i just didn't even hear and uh you know i'm not even gonna go back and look for them Uh, i'm just kind of disappointed it's like i'm disappointed more than i am mad you know just to find that out (laughs) Because I, I just didn't notice them. Maybe I was taking too many notes. You know, a lot of notes for this episode, for sure. Um, <laughs> not really. I, I just think I might have been looking down at my phone. But uh, one is just a classic. And then you get to three. Three's a great time. And it's solid. And I, I think it's a good culmination of everything. It takes all the best elements of one and two, which... You, for two you really have to pick apart the best elements of and that's death death is the best part of two and nothing comes close uh station is weird and it's it's a thing i guess but it's not something that really works for me other than like the reveal that kid cuddy's station that we just find out um so yeah uh, two is rough and weird and kind of trippy it feels like a fever dream uh three is just a fun good culmination of everything it's a really good send-off of a series hopefully hopefully there's not like billy and thea's uh stupendous soiree i don't even know um but yeah one, one three two and i think one and three are closer than uh two and three all right, I think I think we're all a little bit different on this one. That's okay. Yeah, though. yeah, that's good. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's what makes no one for... said two, and then we know no, you're nobody, a psychopath. <laughs> nobody said yeah. two. Yeah, if you no say two, you're you've got some issues. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, to wrap things up here, let's talk about what we're doing next. Uh, we've got a couple things down the pike. Here. Got a couple things coming up, boys. Yeah, so I. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves with a few things, so I'll only announce two right now. Um, oh, we got a surprise in the works, too? I, I yeah, guess, because right. yeah. I, I don't want to get way too ahead of ourselves. I, I think it's an ambitious thing a little bit uh, as far as like our time and devoting it to it, so uh, let's just go with the things that we know we're going to do for sure. Uh, I like it. But the, the first thing is we're going to do kind of like a bonus mini-sode, I guess, of uh, a revisit of the DCEU, which was our first episode ever, DCEU, and makes sense. Snyder Cut's coming out tomorrow night slash uh, Friday morning, I guess, and that's a four-hour 
fucking commitment that I really don't want to make, but it's one of those things where you just kind of have to rip the Band-Aid off and say, well, is it better than Justice League? And the answer is probably like a little bit, and it's not worth four hours, but we're going to find out together. Uh, and on top well, and, of... And- Oh, to, to know this by the time this comes out you it will have already been out so if you haven't seen it yet go watch it and then watch our episode absolutely and uh you know revel in the pain of watching something for four hours it, you inevitably in the back of your head knew really wasn't worth it but that's okay we're all doing it uh It'll be the, worth it. the other one i don't mean we're also gonna watch wonder woman 84 because that's the other dceu movie that has come out since uh we did our first episode so you know we're, we're gonna hit that one up too but that's not gonna be as painful as far as time uh so that's gonna be a mini episode kind of like in between kind of thing that's gonna come out uh i don't even know i'm not gonna say uh but after that to celebrate may the fourth we're big star wars guys We've been really ramping up for this. We've been looking forward to this. And we've been discussing how we're going to do this. And it sounds like we're going to do the prequels for Star Wars. So we're, we're going to kind of split Perfect. it up into trilogies. And we're going to hit up the prequels. We're going to do this chronologically here. Andy suggested doing the Clone Wars movie. I don't know about that. We're going to have to discuss that. Skip it. Skip it? Skip it. All right. I'm good. Keep it to the Skywalker saga with the prequel movies. Yeah. So fuck that animated movie. If you want to watch, watch it episodes one, two, and three, that, go for it. Uh, and you know that's not to disparage the series. The series is pretty good once you get to like season five. Um, but <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's Skywalker saga episodes one, two, and three. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, which is everybody's favorite. And uh, return or Revenge of the Sith. Almost said Return of the Sith. Kind of cross streams there. So it works. Yeah. um, We're going to celebrate Star Wars the best way we know we can. And uh, we're excited to do it. We're big Star Wars heads and uh, can't wait to talk about that. Speaking of Star Wars, Zach hosts a podcast called Sacred Jedi Texts. Something that Luke yells in The Last Jedi. And it's a great podcast that uh, Andy and I have joined him on. And we cover the first two books. Yeah, sounds kind of boring. Not really. Especially if you listen to it because you don't have to read the books. We break down the books that are 14 plus hours long. If you listen to the audiobook, we break them down in two hours or less. Maybe three hours or less, depending on the episode. (laughs) But we'll we'll hedge our bets. We'll go three hours. Or yeah. Less. yeah. <laughs> We're giving you the cliff notes of these books. So if you're into the extended material and this new Disney canon, especially exploring a new era in Star Wars that's not been explored, it's not the old Republic that everybody wants to get back to, which, spoiler alert, might get to at some point. Listen to episode two, Into the Dark. Um, but we're just excited to talk Star Wars. It's all of our like greatest passion as far as uh, fandom goes. And we'd love for everybody who listens to this to join us in that. So give that a listen. 
There's a YouTube, it's a podcast audio version as well, so give that a like and subscribe, everything you can do for that, and uh, just follow us on everything. Uh, so that's also, uh, the Twitter for that is at Sacred Jedi Text, no S, correct? No S, somebody took the S, but yeah, Sacred Je- at Sacred Jedi Text. Yeah, and if you can, Thanks. dox the guy who took the S. Anyway, that would be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so follow us on that if you're interested in any of that, and uh, catch us on the next one, I guess. Uh, next two, because we've got a bonus episode, and uh, nobody pays us for this, and we're giving you extra content. Who could ask for more? I, I bet that's uh, Pablo Hidalgo's like burner account. Ah, uh, that would make it, sense. Maybe it is. That would make sense. Uh, well, in that hey guys. case, I guess don't dox him. But anyway, thanks for joining me, guys. I had fun. Hope you guys did, too. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. 69. <laughs>